What's up, guys? All right. Finally have, well, it's it, it's kind of set up. I, I still have to get like another good mic for you guys. I don't know if the mic quality is good. I just did an interview with Trish Regan from Fox. Hopefully the mic is good. Going to be downloading the audio later for podcasts. And I guess I'll just tune in to myself and, and see how that goes. We're also waiting for some lighting. But you know what, dude? If if we wait around to everything is perfect, we'll never get anything done. You guys have heard that saying before, right? If you wait to the stars align, nothing ever gets done. So I figured, you know what? Just do it now. Even if the lighting might not be good, maybe the audio is not good. Maybe the timing is even not good. But it's been so long since I did a podcast for you guys, a live stream for you guys. I just want to hop on. Just, just do it, man. Rip off that Band-Aid. Uh, but just a little life update for me here before we jump into the first story. Obviously, talking about Title 42. Um, just, you know, as you guys know or were aware, maybe some of you, uh, my mother was living with us in our home. And and this was a decision that we, you know, came into agreement with. Uh, it, it, the stars kind of aligned uh, for her to move out into her own place. And she's retired and she lives literally right down the street. But we've, I basically converted her room, uh, which, by the way, I'm sure she's watching. She watches all my podcasts. So hi, mom. Uh, and, but I've turned uh, I'm turning, not necessarily turned yet, uh, this room into my podcast. So I can resume being able to do podcasts every single day. Um, hoping there's not much of an echo here. What's up, Brittany? What's up, Sergio? What's up, Henry? What's up, everyone tuning in? And of course, everyone listening. But yeah, just kind of wanted to give you guys an update. Also, I have a shoe right here. The reason I have the shoe right here is because I was moving some stuff around and I found a tiny little cockroach that made its way into the home. We don't have a roach problem, but it's like one of those outdoor cockroaches. So I have a shoe here. So if you see me or hear me, freak out and then shoe sounds everywhere it's because i'm trying to kill the cockroach dude i had to do an entire interview knowing that the cockroach was somewhere around me and i was just praying to god that the cockroach didn't make its way into my pants during the interview and and fool around in there so um yeah forgive me if you guys hear that <laughs> it's like one of those outdoor cockroaches uh, again it's not like we have a roach problem uh, I, also i'm very used to roaches because we used to live you know in, in very bad apartments growing up so it's not like i'm not used but it's just ugh, ugh. you know what's crazy is a quick little side side note here is spiders i used to be deathly afraid of and then i watched like a documentary on spiders and how important they are to the ecosystem especially in kind of trapping other bugs inside of your home so i actually don't freak out at spiders anymore you know what i do now is i put like a cup over them and then I put like a piece of paper underneath and then I bring the spiders outside and I'm just like, hey, you can't live inside my home rent free. Uh, you're not paying rent. This isn't your home. You got to go live outside so they can live in places. I don't see them. But if I visibly see them, uh, you know, outside you go. You got to pay rent to live within these walls. Sorry. I told my kids that, too. That's why they're all starting work this, this summer, even the little one. Even the little one. I don't know if you guys know, but it's Mexican tradition to have them sell candy out in the street corner. So even the six-year-old's going, no, just kidding, guys. But very excited to be here with you guys. Um, that was just like a little update on me. And and you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna be brutally honest too. Um, I'm not a procrastinator. When I when I get I, I get things done and I love getting work done. Uh, and I haven't necessarily been procrastinating uh doing these daily live segments for you guys. I know that I keep changing up the time. I get into my, the problem that I have is I get into my head a lot. I tend to overthink everything and overanalyze everything. That is the problem that I have. 
Uh, and it's a big problem. Uh, I'll be very honest, especially as of late. I want everything to be perfect. Um, I'm a little bit bummed out that this light right here, I was trying to fix it earlier. It's not hor like it's not horizontal. It's a little bit vertical. So I'm freaking out about that. But I tend to overanalyze things, especially when it comes to my work. I want to make sure everything is the best for you guys. You guys support my work. I want to make sure that I'm putting out my best work. And a lot of the times I tend to overthink and overanalyze. I get into my head. And now here we are weeks without a podcast, week without work, weeks without reporting. So I apologize in advance, especially to the audio listeners only that enjoy my podcast, enjoy my commentary, enjoy me just kind of off the cusp, you know, being able to 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 give you guys my insight on political and cultural things. So again, a big apology to you guys. I, I tend to overanalyze. I'm still waiting for things to come in to make this uh, studio a lot better for you guys. Um, and I tend to get into my head and I, I don't procrastinate. I tend to just push things off until everything is perfect. Uh, I'm sure you guys can probably relate where you wanted to do something and you're like, I want to do it, but only if this, only if that I have to, you know, oh, if I'm going to exercise, I have to have a duffel bag. I have to have a water bottle. Oh, I have to have the gloves. Oh, I have to go out and get like running shoes, et cetera, et cetera. And then here you are a month later, you haven't bought everything. And you're not going to the gym. That's kind of how I am, but with just with my work. And so tend to overthink it. I'm like, you know what? We're doing it. Like uh, Bill O'Reilly said, screw it. We'll do it live. I think actually Tucker Carlson also just recently got caught saying that. Screw it. We'll do it live. Uh, anyways, so with that, again, long intro. Just wanted to reintroduce myself. Um, and, 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 and again, thank you guys for your patience. But uh, as of hopefully this week. Lord willing, we are back to our regularly scheduled. And, and that might look different. I'm going to try to go live in the mornings. It's the best time for me. Um, and, and, I, and I think probably some of you will get used to the morning time. Hopefully you can tune in while you're at work. Uh, maybe just put me on the background. You don't have to listen to everything I say. But also for those of you who are going to be watching later, you can always tune in in the audio podcast at a later time. Or you can just watch the video later on YouTube. No harm, no foul. Uh, these will be a little bit longer because I'm going to be covering uh, daily and breaking news as it's developing. So I'm going to actually be keeping an eye out for things that are developing right now. And then, of course, for those of you in the comment section, feel free to, to you know, hey, Anthony, like this story is just breaking right now. I'll, I'll cover it live. You know what I mean? Obviously, we'll have a couple articles. Obviously, I'm coming into the podcast uh, with some of the things that you guys have already asked for me to cover. Obviously, today the title is Title 42 or or the theme is going to be Title 42 as it is set to expire in two days. What does that mean for our nation? What does that mean for our borders? What does that mean for you? You might be very surprised, but if you are in Montana, if you are in Utah, if you are in Florida, if you're not a border state, this will impact you one way or the other, even if it's just via your taxes. You need to know where your money is going. You need to know what's happening. So, uh, again, with that, again, thank you, guys. Um uh, oh, and also, uh, for those of you who might not know, uh, we're going to start doing 75 hard. I put po I posted something like, hey, should I should I give this a try? And a lot of you reached out saying I've already done it. It's the greatest thing I've ever done. And some not so good feedback. Some people were kind of saying, you know, oh, I'm sick and tired of these fads. In this day and age, people need something to kind of hold on to 75 days. It's it's kind of a long time, but it's also not a long time. I've had deployments longer than 75 days. So I kind of know 75 days is kind of like that nice little sweet spot between 60 and 90 days. 
Uh, and I think mathematically, if my math is mathing, it's literally the halfway point between 60 and 90, 15, 15. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm just making sure you guys know, but we're going to be doing that. And this upcoming Monday, uh, I will start day one of 75 hard. I did it. I'm committing to it. I put out a poll. You guys voted. A lot of you voted for me. There was three options. Yes, do it. No, do it. Go eat in and out instead. No got like 3%. Yes, got like overwhelming majority, like 60%. But eating in and out got like 30 something percent, if, if my math is mathing. And so I went to go eat in and out. Believe it or not, I did. I'm going to post that picture later. Um, so feel free to react with the laughing emoji when you see that story go up. I 100% went to go eat in and out. Well, especially because obviously I'm going to be doing 75 hard, uh, which is not a fitness program, by the way. The, the website itself says it. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to go over like the rules real quick of like 75 hard for you guys. Let me see. 75 hard. So if you want to do it with me, just send me a message. I'll add you guys to like a group chat on Instagram. You have to have Instagram because it's the only way we're going to be able to communicate. And then I, you know, you, if you want to just do it with me, hey, I'm all for it. Um, but this is kind of like the gist for it. And I'm going to share this screen with you guys. Share this tab instead. And then let's see here. Let's get into it. So this is kind of like the rules for 75 hard challenge. You got to follow a diet. Apparently, it can be any diet so long as it's just like healthy. You know, you can't go like on a sugar diet. You can't eat like a cookie diet. That does It's just not the way it works. I'm going to be attempting to do like a carnivore slash keto diet where I'm still going to be incorporating like dairy. Obviously, a lot of you know that I am a raw milk nationalist. So I have to consume raw milk daily in order for me to keep my nationalist title. I'm actually the president of the raw milk national. You know what? I should make a club. I should make a raw milk nationalist club. You can like buy a membership card and everything. Anyways. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Too many things at once. Focus, Anthony. Um, so this is kind of like the rules for 75 hard challenge. So if you, again, if you want to do this with me, just send me a message. You got to follow a diet. I'm going to try the carnivore keto, no cheat meals and no alcohol. I already kind of don't do no alcohol. I seldomly drink with my wife. I never drink really in public much. Um, and I, I don't remember the last time I consumed alcohol in great lengths anyway. So uh, follow a diet. That's rule number one. No cheat meals. That's, I think, is going to be the hardest part because I followed other meal um, uh, regimens, but the hardest part was no cheat meals because sometimes that's what you look forward to. You diet for like a whole week and then it's like, well, uh, at least I have Sunday to look forward to where it's like a cheat meal or a cheat day and you, there's no cheat meals for 75 days. So that's going to be hard for me. I've, I've, I've done carnivore for a month. But I did have like a cheat meal, not a cheat day, like a cheat meal a week. And um, it wasn't like anything crazy like that. I would have like In-N-Out burgers, you know. I just love In-N-Out. Rule number two for 75 hard, two 45-minute workouts and one has to be outside. And they cannot be consecutive. So the way I'm going to do it is in the morning, I usually work out with my son. We wake up at 5 in the morning. We go to the gym and he's ready to come back, shower and get ready for school. So we, that's our indoor 45 minute workout. And we usually work out for about 45 minutes to an hour. And then the second workout has to be outside. So I was thinking of doing like walking the dog, like slash hiking slash running. So that's going to be my outdoor workout. That's number two. So again, they can't be consecutive. You can't go from like indoor to outdoor right away. 
you have to like wait. I don't know exactly how much time. They just said they can't be consecutive. So again, my my plan is to maybe do that in the evening with the wife. Uh, number three, you got to drink a gallon of water. Self-explanatory. This is probably going to be the most painful one. I've done diets before where it is you got to drink a gallon of water. It's extremely painful. You're always having to pee all the time. All the time you have to pee. And especially for like long drives, it's going to suck. And I do have some long drives coming up this month and next month. So uh, that's rule number three. Rule number four, read 10 pages of nonfiction. It has to be personal development. That could be the U.S. The, uh, the US Bible, the Holy Bible. Uh, and it cannot be audiobooks, meaning you can't like tune into like a podcast or like an audiobook on your way to work or whatever it is. You have to read 10 pages from a book. I also have little small library here some books i haven't finished yet so i also on top of the bible i'm also planning on reading 10 pages of another nonfiction book and then step number five you got to take a progress picture every single day if you fail anything you have to start over so i'm going to be starting that this monday and here's the thing guys uh, you know again this is not necessarily a fitness program this is supposed to be a mental like acuity tests. It's supposed to develop your mentality, your state of mind of being able to push through things that suck in order to complete something for your betterment. Um, and, and the guy even said, because I listened to the podcast, the, the guy that invented this challenge, A, it's free. So that's why I'm doing it. Um, and B, it's, it's one of those things where uh, it, it can be day 50, day 51, day 52. It could be day 71. If you don't complete one of these, you have to start all over again. So that's kind of intense. To me, I like to accomplish things because to say, hey, I did this. So I've done a marathon before only once. I can say I ran a marathon. I can even technically buy the 26.2 sticker, but I like my 0.0 sticker better because it's funny. Um, but anyways, with that, we'll jump into that first. So again, if, you, if you're interested in that, let me know and uh, message me on Instagram. Say, Anthony, I want to do the 75 challenge with you starting this upcoming Monday, which is May. What day is it? May what? 15th of May. So on the 15th of May, I'm going to go 75. I got a wedding. I got a, a, a Spartan race coming up. I got to drive to Big Bear. I'm going to be driving to the border. There's going to be a lot of days where it's going to suck to do it, but you just you you have to do it. There's just no way around it. And again, I just want to be able to say, hey, I did this. And some people thought that I wasn't going to be able to do it. But you know what, dude? I don't care what you have to say because I'm going to do it. Just you watch. Okay. So this is the Washington Examiner. Explain Title 42, the policy at the center of the border debate. Um, and this is by Anna uh, Giratelli, which is so funny. I personally know Anna Giratelli. She blocked me on Instagram because I called her out a while back, but she hasn't blocked me on Twitter. Her shift everything is shifted for her. It's kind of been amazing to kind of see her work um, because she was kind of like this double masker and, and, and kind of like leftist liberal leaning journalist, but because of the border crisis and the fact that Democrats refuse to cover this, she's now a lot more like independent right of center. This is just a personal observation, please. Anna, if you're seeing this, don't sue me. 
this is not defamation. It's just, it's really interesting to see that the border topic alone has made this journalist from like left leaning and not the way she talks. She's been on one American news because she said that, that uh, right wing media is the only media that will have her to expose the truth or what's happening at the border. And this is a point that I've made many times. The truth doesn't belong to the left. The truth doesn't belong to the right. It belongs, well, first and foremost to God, because God is truth. Uh, but it, it, it's it's free and for the people. The truth shall set you free. That's what I have, John 8, 32, on my, on my bio. Like, you need to know the truth. And, and th this is not left-leaning news. This is not right-leaning. It's just objective news. So this is Title 42. It says, the southern border is expected to see an unprecedented humanitarian security crisis due to President Joe Biden's plan to end the pandemic policy of turning away migrants known as Title 42. Biden's decision has been met with fury from Republicans and even some Democrats who have accused the White House of setting up the U.S. immigration system for failure. Here's what to know about Title 42. One week, uh, this is the beginning of Title 42. One week after President Donald Trump declared a national emergency over the coronavirus pandemic on March 13, 2020, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention invoked Title 42 for the of the Public Health Service Act of 1944. So this is kind of like a very interesting uh, side note for you guys to know or kind of note to know. This isn't Donald Trump's policy. He didn't invent this policy. All he did was enact and, and basically enforce an existing policy. This is Title 42 of the Public Health Service Act of 1944, which pay attention to this part. It says, giving it the ability to deny the admission of goods and people who pose a risk of spreading a communicable disease. So obviously during the pandemic, Every every nation, not just the United States, was fearful of, hey, we don't want our numbers to explode. We don't want people bringing in either more diseases or more of the same disease or different variants, which I actually did a, a, a report with a Border Patrol agent who told me that they were seeing a record number of Indian nationals. So this is foreign immigrants from the country of India that were coming into the U.S. And if you guys remember, there was a variant of COVID that originated and came from India. I forget exactly what the variant was called, but they were calling it the more dangerous one out of all of out of all the variants. And a lot of places ended up going back to masking and distancing and all stuff because of that variant. I, I again, I apologize. I don't remember exactly what that variant was. But what was interesting was I interviewed this Border Patrol agent and they're saying we have more Border Patrol going home sick than we did at the very beginning. And the reason for it is because our resources are low. And now, for whatever reason, we have these Indian nationals. And I think that this is where that variant is coming. So you're supposed to be defending the American people, especially your own Border Patrol law enforcement agents. And the Biden administration just refuses to do so. So, again, it gives the ability to deny admission of goods and people who pose a risk. By invoking Title 42, the CDC recommended to U.S. Customs and Border Protection that all non-citizens seeking asylum at ports of entry and those who crossed illegally between the ports be immediately expelled back into Mexico. And that was regardless of what country they came from. The change meant Border Patrol agents would not take people into custody, further risking the spread of coronavirus and law enforcement facilities. And I also remember, I don't know if you guys remember, that there were uh, images of, of people uh, 
that were at these detention centers, the migrants at these detention centers, and they were overstacked. They were talking about how these detention centers were meant to hold, you know, 200 people max, and they had 400 to 500 to 600 people at these detention centers in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know if you guys remember that under the previous administration, there was these fake images of kids in cages that turned out to be a uh, false because it was an activist group uh, pretending that, you know, or they kind of made like a makeshift cage and they put children in that deliberately to kind of tug at the emotions of the American people to bring awareness into what was going to happening at the, at the border under the previous administration. And secondly, there were widespread viral uh, photos of alleged kids in cages, which ended up being from 2014 under President Obama. But they were trying to blame the previous administration, the Trump administration. And so what we, what we had under this administration was that he was not expelling people. President Biden was not expelling people under Title 42 despite a pandemic. So imagine... For a second, the president of the United States telling you why you must close down your business, why you must be forced vaccinated, why it's okay for your employer to fire you if you refuse to get vaccinated. But here at the border, you were filling up small detention centers of migrants three times, four times, five times over the capacity legal limit. And no one was talking about that. Nobody was talking about that. I mean, just think about the, not just the hypocrisy, but the double standard for Americans that here you were forced to shut down your business because of a national pandemic, well, really a global pandemic. But at the border, millions of people were just allowed to flood in. And on top of that, they were being put in detention centers that were understaffed. They were over capacity and resources were limited. I mean, it's just insane to think about. So it says, carrying out Title 42, a temporary policy was put into effect March 21st, 2020, and could be renewed after 60 days. The CDC has renewed it for two years, and in that time, the United States has expelled 1.6 million people through the authority, though some were turned away more than once. Now, this is another interesting point that I've also brought up when I do uh, speeches at college campuses and universities, and I was actually mentioning it today on the Trish Regan show. Uh, I'm going to link that for you guys when that comes out. We did an English segment and a Spanish segment. Obviously, everyone's trying to uh, do these uh, interviews, not just with me, but other great journalists that are actually at the border, including Anna herself that wrote this uh, article about Jorge Ventura, Bill Malugan. Uh, Melusion, Melusion, Melugan. Uh, but these people are doing really good work at the border and, and you might want to follow them. But very interesting perspectives. I'm going to show some of their videos so that you guys can really see what's happening at the border just today. Uh, it's being completely overwhelmed. Multiple cities are declaring state of emergency. I know El Paso has. Uh, I think that is where uh, the, the the amount of uh, migrants are amassing is in El Paso, Texas, outside of the Sacred Heart Church out there, which I believe is a Catholic church. But the, the point that I was trying to make here was that under the previous administration, under Title 42, more than 90% of illegal immigrants, not just Mexicans, uh, illegal immigrants uh, were being turned away at the border once they came illegally into the U.S. So imagine that. Imagine trying to pay cartel to bring you into the U.S. illegally, but you have a less than 10% chance of getting into the U.S. because of Title 42. Well, of course, you're not going to pay thousands of dollars to only have a less than 10% chance to come into the United States. However, that number fell dramatically under this administration, under the very same Title 42 Act. That number of people being deported 
it, it basically went up to about 50%. So less, let me, let me try. I, I always get this wrong because I get confused. More, less than 50% of illegal immigrants were deported under Title 42 under this administration. So just for comparison, under the previous administration, more than 90% of illegal immigrants were turned away at the border because of Title 42, because of the global pandemic. Under this administration, under the very same law, less than 50% were deported, meaning only about 40%-ish, high 38%-ish, or high 30%-ish were being deported under Title 42. Well, why do we have a border crisis? The reason for it is because, well, under the previous administration, you had a less than 10% chance to be accepted into the country. Under this administration, you have a more than 50% chance, in some cases, 60% chance of being allowed into the country. Those odds are obviously more favorable. However, Title 42 is about to end in two days. This is going to be May 11th. The reason why it is ending is because the white the Biden administration is finally ending the federal declaration of a global pandemic, of a national pandemic, emergency health uh, or health emergencies uh, declaration. Well, you can't use Title 42. I mean, I guess technically you can, uh, but I guess their line of reasoning is uh, we are not um, uh, we're not going to be using Title 42 because we've already declared that the pandemic is no longer. So their line of reasoning is on the same day we're ending the the, the global pandemic, the national pandemic emergency orders, we're going to go ahead and end Title 42. Now, again, this is going back to what it actually means. It says by invoking Title 42, it, it says, well, they cannot take people into custody for their risking. Uh, or th that part we actually already read. But uh, there was a line over here that said, basically it says that uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily a pandemic it just means you can use title 42 if it is believed that the migrant people are coming in with diseases now what's interesting about this and i know a lot of people are going to be screaming racism and oh you're calling illegal immigrants um uh, you know dirty this is not let me see here uh plus these I'm going to read this out for you guys. There was a report recently. I cannot find the uh, report by it. But basically, uh, police were basically told and Border Patrol were being told that, uh, it, you know, if you can stay clear of these kind of makeshift migrant cities in El Paso and other border towns, because it was being told that a lot of them uh, were, were, were sick uh, with diseases. I, I can't remember exactly what uh, they were, um, but uh, I'm trying to see real disease immigrants. Da, 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 da. Title 42. I know there was like cases of like measles, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to find uh, the specific tweet, but basically law enforcement were told, hey, if you can stay away from these migrant cities, just be careful because there's a lot of diseases. Uh, there's a lot of uh, sick people. Just try not to handle them if you don't have to. Um, and so, again, you can technically use Title 42 if, if they are finding out that a lot of these people that are coming are sick. I mean, obviously, pandemic. 
uh, as, as the president, not myself, has said that just because the pandemic emergency powers are ending doesn't mean that the pandemic is over. So it means that we still have to be careful about COVID, et cetera. So they, they still can continue to use it, but they have decided that this is where it will end. And again, it go, it's going to coincide with the same day that the federal emergency powers are ending. So that's really on on them, you know, and and uh, right now, lots of 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 border towns and, and cities are declaring a state of emergency. I'm going to go ahead and just quickly Google this for you guys. I know El Paso state of emergency. And I think this is just one of of, of many. And this is on April 30th. So this is the Texas Tribune. Uh, it says, as Title 42 comes to an end, El Paso declares state of emergency. El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser said asylum seekers are camping out on the sidewalks and staying at shelters in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, under the false notion that they will be allowed to enter the U.S. once Title 42 expires. It says El Paso will enter a state of emergency starting Monday in advance of the pandemic era immigration policy. Title 42 being lifted, the Porter City Mayor Oscar Leeser declared a press conference on Sunday afternoon. The city is anticipating an influx of immigrants when Title 42, used during the COVID-19 pandemic to quickly expel migrants, is set to expire on May 11th. Already, asylum seekers are camping out on the sidewalks and staying at shelters in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, just across the border from El Paso. Now, what's interesting is there are reports that there are close to a million illegal immigrants. That's not already including the people that are making their way, the thousands of people that are making their way into the U.S. every single day. There are about a million people camping out alongside the Mexican side of the U.S. border, Mexico-U.S. border, in preparation for Title 42. And like this, as this article clearly states, and the mayor said, they have this false notion that once Title 42 is removed, it means that everyone will just be allowed in. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how not just administration is going to handle this, but the surrounding border. I know Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said that they will continue to ship thousands or to bus, not ship, excuse my uh, wrong word there, uh, but to bus illegal immigrants onto sanctuary cities and states like Chicago, Washington, D.C., uh, I believe um, uh, Maryland. I don't know if that was part of it, too. Uh, but there were other, you know, obviously there are multiple states and cities that have declared themselves sanctuary states for illegal immigrants. So I know Greg Abbott is going to continue to bust them uh, to these locations. I know that him and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, she's on her way out, if not already out. Uh, she was talking about, please stop sending illegal immigrants. We just don't have the capacity for it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, then why declare yourself a sanctuary city and, and virtue signal to the immigrant community and the Hispanic Latino community or just anyone that is for, you know, okaying the illegal immigration why virtue signal but then when the people are finally at your doorstep you're like hey whoa 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 wait a minute we don't have the resources here what do you think these these places do do you think el paso does do you think these border towns and this is kind of my problem with a lot of those virtue signalers the people that you know hey we we should be allowing them it does especially when they don't live in border states you don't live there you don't get to see these makeshift camps you don't get to see what is happening. You don't. You, and so you talk from afar. People, representatives in New York, in D.C., these people live in a bubble because they never have to see these problems firsthand. And, and I say problems because it has been labeled a crisis because it is. It is an emergency. It is a crisis. And this is not just me speaking. This is not just my observation. Any true journalist 
especially those that have been covering the border or that are at the border will tell you this is 100% a crisis and it's about to get worse and it doesn't seem like much is going to happen. A couple of weeks ago, President Joe Biden announced that 1,500 troops, U.S. troops were going to be activated to be sent to the border. We are now learning that those U.S. troops are not going to be in any way, shape or form used to deter illegal immigrants. It's actually going to be helping illegal immigrants get processed faster at these detention facilities at the border. So they're not going to be there to secure the border. They're there to expedite the process of illegal immigration. It's kind of insane. And I'm going to end this kind of uh, segment uh, with this tweet that I want to share with you guys. And, and if, if if you can, I, I would highly recommend that you share this post because I thought this to be extremely disgusting. And this is on my Twitter. I tweeted this uh, today. And I'm going to share this with you guys. So here is this user. His name is Titan, at Stefan Patatu brown backpack guy it says and this is what he has to say every time you hear a righty meaning anyone that is right-leaning politically saying illegal immigration is the problem dismiss their opinion they're telling you just dismiss them they either lack basic thinking faculties or trying to appeal emotionally illegal immigration is the only good immigration you want as many illegal immigrants as possible in the country. Imagine typing this out and actually believing this. And he explains why. They don't have full rights. They don't have to be paid full salary. They work the dangerous jobs and they have effing grit and they can't receive anything from the system. Illegal immigrants come in the country to work. They exist in a shady area where they cannot abuse the welfare system or receive benefits or anything. They literally, by the simple fact they are illegal, can only contribute. The only problem comes when you legalize illegal immigration or legal migrants or try to institutionalize it, etc. Then the wrong humans come in hordes for the freebies and the gimme-dats. Show me a man who has no papers, and I will show you a man who only has ability to contribute to the economy and no ability to free write at all. The only problems are created by the document the documented aliens. This is objectively false. If you don't understand this basic fact derived from the obvious economic disincentives that the problem with immigration is not that it is illegal, but because it is too legal, then I don't know what the F to tell you. And this was my response to this leftist individual that considers himself an intellectual in typing this out and genuinely believing this to be true. I said, slavery, this is def the definition, a condition compared to that of a slave in respect of exhausting labor or restricted freedom. Illegal immigration for the purposes made below is exactly what I talk about at college universities and campuses. It is modern day slavery. Illegal immigration is akin to modern day slavery. I've made this point before. I've had journalists gasp at me because I make it. But this guy fully encompasses exactly what I am talking about. They don't have full rights. Who advocates for that as a positive? Why would you say it's good that they don't have good rights? He is literally describing slavery. They don't have full rights. 
They don't have to be paid full salary. I thought the left was all for that. Isn't uh, Bernie Sanders introducing legislation to make the federal minimum wage to $17 now? But hey, guess what, guys? We figured out a corporate tax tax loop here or loophole. We can just hire a bunch of illegals. You don't even have to pay them. So imagine the grandiose, the, the, the hypocrisy here in, in being a leftist and, and saying whenever you hear a righty talking about illegal immigration, dismiss their idea. My idea is better because guess what? You don't have – these people don't even have rights. They don't, they don't even have to be paid minimum wage. You can pay them under the table. You can pay them lower wages if you want. This is slavery by definition. Anyone who advocates for legal immigration, especially this buffoon, is a moron, is an idiot, and is not in any shape of the sense or any moral compass a good person. Imagine advocating for illegal immigration only because illegal immigrants don't have full rights. You don't have to pay them a full salary. They work the dangerous jobs, which could lead to death, and they have grit, and they can't receive anything from the system, meaning if they get hurt, there's there's no safety net. If they get hurt at this dangerous job, there's no health care. They don't receive benefits. Now, again, this is objectively False, because in many states, illegal immigrants do have safety nets. There are healthcare benefits. There are a lot of things that, that help undocumented people. So this is a, just an objective. But imagine being this stupid, this woke, this eager to, to convince people that the righties, the right side of politics, independents, are the wrong ones for, A, apparently wanting legal immigration, but also advocating for the abolition of modern-day slavery that is illegal immigration. Imagine being this stupid. I'm sorry. This is what you are. And imagine thinking you are a good person because of it. This is absolutely disgusting. And and if this statement were made by a prominent right-winger, imagine if Marjorie Taylor Greene made this statement. They'd be all over her about how anti immigrant she is, about how she's a white supremacist, but because this virtue signaling moron made this and apparently identifies as a lefty as opposed to a righty, they think that they have the moral high road and can tell you what is right for wrong. This is literally modern day slavery. There's no other way to phrase this. And and it's, it's sad that it is happening in the United States. And to me personally, this is the avenue. This is the messaging that Republicans should take, that illegal immigration is modern-day slavery. There's just no other way to put it. And look, I have illegal immigrants in my community, in my family. I can vouch that, yes, yeah, some of these points are true. They are very good, good people, hardworking, etc. But they're still illegal. And I don't mean that in the sense of, well, they broke the law, send them back. No, no, no. I mean exactly what he also pointed out. They don't have any rights. They pay taxes on purchases, on, on rent, whatever else, on food, whatever else to go out and buy. And they can never claim those taxes back at the end of the year. A lot of them work under false papers. They live every single day in fear of being deported if they are caught. Imagine living every single – you and I as Americans, we wake up. Do we ever have to fear 
that one day the, this life that we have built is going to be gone? I mean, sure, in the sense of like, you know, you could get hurt, be in the hospital, be there a long time. Obviously, we could die. But I mean, just in the general sense of things, do you and I ever have to worry about, you know, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> we, we might have to be sent back to a country that we might not even recognize or know because we came here illegally as children or we were brought here illegally as children. Imagine living with that fear every single day. I see Facebook posts of undocumented communities looking out for each other where they say, hey, there is a DUI traffic stop and you have to look out for it because you're going to be pulled over whether you, you're drunk or not and you're going to be asked for a driver's license and registration to the, to the car. And if, you, if they find out you're illegal, what ends up happening? Imagine living with that fear. Is that really a life that we want to normalize? Why? Because these people work harder? I will be the first to tell you, there are a lot of great undocumented people. A lot of great. I, and I know it to be a fact that they are some of the hardest working people. And I'm not going to fall into this false pretense of, you know, they're, they're, they're taking away the jobs that someone would want. If Let's just be honest for a second. You, you tuning in right now, there's more, a little bit more than 10 of you. And for, for those listening later on in the audio or those of you watching later at home, do you really want your son to grow up and, and have to do extraneous hard labor, bending over for hours a day, picking up you know food from agriculture? I, or do they want to be engineers? Do they want to be scientists? Do they want to be doctors? Those jobs are great temporarily. They're not great forever. A lot of these undocumented people work these jobs for decades because it's all they know. It's all they can do. It's unfortunate that they will never be able to go to school to better themselves and to one day be able to take it easier and get a better paying job with benefits. I mean, it's just, it's just tragic. And it doesn't matter who you are. No one is that heartless. But th th those are those jobs that who wants to do that for the next 20 years? It is extremely hard. And don't get me wrong. There are people working just as hard in other. Not, not every single person is undocumented, right? Not, not making that case either. But that is, I'll be honest with you, and it's not that like I, I see it as beneath me. That's just extensive hard labor. I, I have a bad back. I have scoliosis. I couldn't do what they do. I wouldn't be able to be out on the field and, and, and bend over all day and, and be able to pick up because my back literally paralyzes because of my sciatica. And I was just born with scoliosis. It's nothing that I've done. There are things that I can do, obviously, to, to make it better. But Either way, the, the point stands. But here you have this guy talking about this, and I'm just like, bro, this is this is really insane. You you people really want to virtue signal that it is okay to have illegal immigration for these points. It's an absolute disaster. And, and you know what? I think that it's going to get worse in two days. I am planning a trip to the border. I'm planning to go to El Paso, Texas to kind of interview some of the people. I want to see what it looks like. I've, I've gone multiple times to the border before uh, the, this Title II reversal, I obviously want to make my trip over uh, and, and kind of give like an update with that. Um, but, uh, you know, only time will really tell what what is going to happen here, you know, and all I can do is just pray that our leadership finally gets it together so we can stop this global, not just Mexican, 
illegal immigration, not just Central American or South American illegal immigration. This is a global network of human trafficking. It is nothing more. It is nothing less. It is, in my opinion, satanic, especially because of all the things that these migrants have to go through just to get to the U.S. border, the insane amount of money that they have to pay, the no guarantee that they will be allowed in. So they have to be deported back and be and and then they have to fork over more money. And then, of course, you have those people that are granted to be coming to the United States and then they have to pay off that debt to the cartel. So who knows? Child prostitution, adult prostitution, crime, if needed. I mentioned how desperate you are to pay off the cartel to get them off your back. It's it's insane. It, it really is. So the next one I know that you guys were talking about was the Tennessee shooter. I'll, I'll quickly go into this. So this is, it's really interesting. The discussion of covenant shooters manifesto so obviously you guys know that a couple weeks ago there was a trans i believe it was a trans man that went into a christian school and ended up killing uh people innocent people including children um and this is uh news channel five top security expert says the discussion of covenant shooters manifesto is a distraction from solutions which is asinine but if you guys don't know, the shooter had a manifesto and people are waiting to see when is this going to be released so that we know a little bit of insight in the line of thinking of why this trans person who's clearly mentally ill went into a Christian school and shot innocent people. And apparently it is so damning that even, <coughs> excuse me, that even LGBT Q plus activists have come out and said, please don't release it because it'll be harmful to the LGBTQ community. So it says Nashville, the calls continue for the release of the manifesto left behind by the Covenant school shooter, but a top security expert questions whether that should even be the focus as we look to prevent such massacres. More than a month after the shooting, the manifesto is still not public. Former Lieutenant Colonel now specializing in school safety says that there are far more important things to investigate. Okay, sure. Moose Moore uh, with Vigilance Group finds himself very busy these days in the wake of the Covenant shooting, working to make schools safer. I agree. That should be a priority. But what's up with this manifesto? And he finds the attention given to the unreleased manifesto as a distraction. Quote, the manifesto to me is a lot of noise le level right now, said Moore. He's a former TSA air marshal who studied terrorist tactics in Israel. Moore's seen his share of manifestos, and like so many, he wonders about the Covenant shooting motive. I'm curious, but from a professional perspective, it doesn't make any difference anymore. To him, the why of what happened is not nearly as important as the how. Six innocent lives were lost at Covenant despite an incredible response by Metro Police. So everyone is asking themselves, LGBTQ community plus manifesto. I want to quickly pull this off for you guys. It's, why isn't it that this um, manifesto has been released? And here's here's my thoughts. You guys wanted to hear my thoughts and, and what I think about this. So the, the question that was geared toward me is like, why, why do you think that the manifesto hasn't been released? And here's a reality. And speaking as a Christian myself, 
no one is more against, especially the trans ideology in our nation, more than Christians. That is a point of fact. And obviously what it creates is this, I guess, rivalry. I, I would like to say spiritual rivalry from the trans community and the Christian community. They're at odds with each other. There are biblical stances, but there are also, there's evidence as to why the trans ideology should not be being pushed on our children, especially at the school, public school system level. You have people like Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire, which are located in Tennessee. The shooting so happened to be in Tennessee. There are laws that are being drafted in Tennessee and across many states that are protecting children from trans surgeries, hormones, pharma, you name it. And so what, what I see is that there might even be a lot of hatred and, and I see it on both sides. Don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing trans people or, or I'm sorry, uh, Christians. I am against a trans ideology. And especially when it is being used in forms of indoctrination in the public school system. Let children be children. Let them be the happiest that they can be. Get a medical attention if they so need so. But we should not be making life-altering decisions for these children at such a young age, especially when these decisions are irreversible, specifically talking about the surgeries. I think that law enforcement knows that if this manifesto were to be released, it could possibly have, and again, this is speculation using deductive reasoning, that there is something in the manifesto that alludes to the war against the trans slash LGBTQ community with the Christian community. I've already seen school board members saying that schools should break ties with Christian institutions that are not for inclusivity of the LGBT, but specifically trans youth. It's starting. It already has begun. This war, whether you want to say it's physical or spiritual, I have seen videos of trans activists and LGBT calling for violence, but again, not excusing my Christian brothers and sisters, which I question their motives for it. We shouldn't be speaking from a place of hate. I hate the ideology. I hate what it's doing. I hate how divided the country has become because of it. I think that these people need help psychological, mental, however you want to phrase it. And I, again, don't think that the solution is convincing an eight-year-old to chop off body parts, male or female, to feel better about themselves. They have their entire lives ahead of themselves. One perfect example is Jazz Jennings, a male boy that at a very young age became a rising star because they wanted to transition to female. And apparently it has been one of the most extensive cases studied and documented on a trans child. Jazz Jennings, I don't know their real name. I don't know his real name, so I apologize. <clears throat> but this person is not happy. And there is, again, documented evidence that this person is not happy and is going heavily to depression. This person can no longer have children ever because of the mutilation that has been caused to their body. The only way that they could ever 
seek any kind of normalcy as far as family's adoption. And that choice was stripped of them. I understand it was a parent's decision because a child, in my opinion, cannot consent. And there's so many debates about that. If you cannot consent to sex, if you cannot consent to, to cigarettes or alcohol or, or war or guns, why are we allowing them to mutilate their bodies? And so going back to the whole manifesto thing, I think that what we will see or what we could have seen, because who knows how redacted that manifesto will eventually come out or if the original state of the manifesto will ever even be released at this point. But I think that there is damning evidence that there is a war against Christians. And that war is going to be physical. It's not going to be necessarily spiritual. We can fight spiritually, theologically speaking. We can we can go vote on things, right? We can pop, pass a proposition. We can we can talk about, you know, should this be voted for? Let the people decide, right? Hey, here's my theology. This is why I think it's wrong. And here's your theology and why you think it's okay to do that. Let's put it up for a vote. Let the people decide. And hey, if that's what people want, I mean, overall, after all, we, we live in a federal republic slash democracy, right? But when people get to vote on these things, if that's what they want, and this is why I also believe a national divorce is coming. This is why I also believe that it's going to be a parallel economy. This is why I also believe that the United States will further fracture itself because what you're going to have are, are extreme opposites. You're going to have states like Texas, Florida, Tennessee. They're going to ban these things from happening to children. And in some cases, adults. I think Missouri also banned trans surgeries even for adults or is trying to. And then you're going to have blue states like Oregon, Washington, Colorado, California. They're going to say, no, we're going to do the complete opposite over here. And so it's going to cause it to further divide. But the manifesto, it, it, it goes past that. I think that this person saying it is now time to take up arms and begin physically taking action. And again, I back that not because just speculation, because obviously I'm speculating as to the manifesto but also because there are video evidence of people from the LGBTQ community calling for mass action and violence against anyone that refuses to accept them as they are, which is interesting to me because trans are literally people that do not accept who they are. So they have to change everything about them to become a whole different person and, and an entire different ego, but they demand that we accept them. Very interesting, you know, time for that for another day. I'm about to wrap things up here in six minutes. But to me, it's 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 gonna be very damning. And and look, I don't have to read the manifesto. I, I see the writing in the wall, and, and I'm not you know trying to fear monger, I'm not here to make it seem you know like Christians prepare yourselves, arm yourselves, you know, uh, grab your uh crusader helmet. I don't know if you guys can see it here. Um, but I but I think that what we are gonna see is it we're gonna continue to become more and more politically divided. Obviously, you have presidential candidates that are already promising and, and they're they're making this a theme for 2024. Uh, you know, pardon if others have talked about it too, but obviously the more notable one is Donald Trump, former president. He's running for president again, 2024. He's talked about how he's going to basically criminalize this at the federal level, saying any school caught pushing this radical ideology, which again, that's his personal take. That's also my personal take. Uh, to children, uh, you will be defunded. Uh, there will be investigations launched, et cetera. 
leave the children alone. And I think that that is what people are sick and tired of is we can have our differences of opinion. We can propose different legislation. And again, I think that what's going to, what we're going to see probably in the next decade or so is blue states will become bluer. Red states will become redder. And, and, and I say this knowing full well that I advocate for people staying where you are and fighting to change things at the local level. But the reality is topics like this, if you are informing people, especially at school boards, especially with parents, especially with voters, if you are informing them of how devastating the surgeries are, if I continue, if I'm able to hear and inform with Anthony, continue to speak up against what is happening at the at, at these trans surgeries and, and medical centers. I don't I don't even know if you can call them medical centers, really. They're mutilation centers at this point. And I talked about this today on my Instagram with the several posts that I put up. Also, thank you, Instagram, for shadow banning me, douchebags. Anyways, I think that you can change people. And you might not be able to get them to agree maybe on the abortion issue. You might not be able to get them to agree on, I don't know, another Republican issue. You know what I mean? Uh, that you can think of. But at least in this very one thing, it might be that one connecting dot that finally connects you as a Republican, conservative, Christian, however you identify on the right, to those independent voters. And I think that that is something that is going to help Donald Trump and any Republican candidate going to 2024 that is going to be harsh on this ideology. Because the reality is, and I've talked about this often, especially in my Telegram, is people don't want to have to go out to their school board every single week and talk about these issues especially when you know that it is futile. But I, I, and I and I commend every person that has been doing this, especially in blue counties, blue school boards, et cetera, et cetera. And here's the reality. Who wants to fight forever on the same topic? It's exhausting. Nobody wants to go to a school board every single week, a school board meeting. You want to create change. And, and you want to stay involved, sure, but you don't want to be fighting the same problem over and over and over and raising the same questions and accusing the same people and then eventually getting yourself banned because you've had enough and you go into some random tangent with the school board members and they ban you from coming onto the mic, what, what, whatever the case may be. I don't want to be fighting this same per problem in 20 years. Now, obviously, things go in cycles. And I always tell people, you got to stay at least informed and involved enough so that when the fight comes back or your children have to fight it, you know what equipment to give them and you have the knowledge to be able to instill in them, this is how you fight back. We don't take up arms and go shoot up innocent people. That's not the way it's done. And any Christian thinking that's the way it is, I'm sorry to say, man, that's just not the reality of things. That's not what Jesus advocated for. That's not what the gospel is advocated for. Maybe in the Old Testament. Maybe, but we don't live in those times. I am of the firm belief that if just more Christians take action, if we are more outspoken, and most importantly, we pray for God to be able to use us as messengers and as ambassadors of truth wherever you are, Los Angeles, Nashville, Memphis, New York City, Portland, whatever, you can get that message conveyed to people. I, I truly believe that. 
And it, it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, you can create that change at the local level. You can change that school board that wants to pass this radical ideology. Inform the parents. Focus on the micro level. Look at the parents that are already coming to the school board and be like, did you know that the school board is going to be advocating for this? And they're like, no, I had no idea. Like, hey, man, you might want to consider how you vote come 2024. And these are apolitical seats, technically. It doesn't it shouldn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat when you run for school board. That's just like the monetary funding. Right. And maybe a little bit of ideology here and there. But these are seats that it shouldn't really matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. It's what are you doing for our children? What are you doing to better this school? What are you doing to better this district? What are you doing to help children going forward? And I think that if we focus, especially in 2024, at that micro level, at the school board level, at the mayor level, at the city council level, you will see far greater change than worrying about if your state is finally going to flip red. You start at the local level. Start with your city council. Maybe your city council has been Democrat for 20 years. But because you help people running for city council, you're able to flip it red. That's a far more valuable day-to-day -day impact than if Donald Trump was president. Because the reality is, and I've said this many times, Donald Trump could say one thing, but Gavin Newsom or whoever your blue governor is or your red, for that matter, under Joe Biden, vice versa, they can say, no, we're not going to do this. We're just not going to do it. And that's where we've come now. We've come to the point where people will back Newsom if he federally defies a Republican president. And they'll say, we'll, we'll go to war with you. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll re-vote for you. We'll protect our borders if we have to, to make sure Trump and his goons don't get in here. Right? So that's why you need to start at your school board. Start at your city council. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, I, I say this all the time. Local, local, local. But as far as the manifesto, as far as Title 42, only time will tell. With Title 42, I think it'll get worse. With the manifesto, I think I'm going to be spot on when it comes to what's in it and why they refuse to release it. Uh, but these people that want to sit there and say that this is just a distraction, spare me. Spare me. You, you, you've probably already read the manifesto. You know what's in it. You know how damning it will be. There's a reason why the LGBTQ community is advocating for federal uh, you know, a government to not release it, right? Hey, you, you probably know what's on it and who it's targeting and it's Christians. And if Christians don't wake up, man, and we don't start taking action, especially at the local level, persecution will come and, and it'll be our fault. That's just the reality. If persecution ever does come, it'll be our fault because we are the frogs right now. And we are in very warm waters, my friend. And if you don't start realizing that it's going to start boiling. Right now I'm seeing a little bubble here, little bubble there, little bubble over here. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't I don't like this. And if you don't get out now, if you don't start taking action now, it's going to get worse. So with that, I'll leave you guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining in. Thanks for the people that ca uh, came in. Uh, Sergio, Brittany, uh, Sober, what's up, guys? Um, <laughs> Sergio, you're out of your mind, bro, with that comment about 75 days. Uh, anyways, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you guys enjoyed. I hope it was informational. We'll be back soon. I don't know if I'll be back tomorrow, but we're going we're gonna to come back to the regularly scheduled podcast, guys. I promise. All right, guys. God bless. Have a good Tuesday. See you guys tomorrow. God willing. Bye.